0: On today's episode of the podcast, I talk about bone broth, which has become one of the most important things that I drink and that I make for my self-care every single week. I talk about why bone broth is so good for us, how it can really help nourish our bodies from the inside, and I share the step-by-step instructions of how I make it. And then we talk about the village a little bit, and I say we because I really feel like having the conversation about creating the village is a conversation. It's something that we are going to be co-creating. And I share a little light bulb moment that I've had around the fact that the village is already here It's you and me, it's this podcast, it's all of us here together on this journey, wanting the same thing. So it's a good grounding episode, I think. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Undaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using OCS body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. How are you? Welcome. Settle in. Grab yourself something delicious to drink. Find a comfortable place to sit, if you can, and um, let's connect for a moment. I, uh, you might hear, I'm sitting here with a little bit of just thickness in my throat. I have a, I have the tiniest cold. It's a tiny little, wee baby cold. It's not, it's not a real full blown cold. And um, I'm sitting here sipping a cup of bone broth. And of course, I have a big jug of tea as well, and water with some electrolytes and a bunch of supplements. I'm sitting here with my little apothecary, I uh, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> I feel like I have to start this podcast off by saying that last couple of weeks have been challenging, or last couple of months have been challenging and even though i'm a little bit under the weather right now i just feel mentally better than i did last week and the chances of why that is is that i've had a little bit of better sleep just a tiny bit it's 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 going in a different gently gently going into a better direction it's not like we're in the in the pit and the hole anymore but we've had two better nights in a row and that alone it's so wonderful how how little you need when you are down in the dumps, like when it's really bad, you just need a tiny little something, you know, and then everything starts to feel lighter, everything starts to shift. It's the the beauty of motherhood, I think. I really, I mean, I laugh about this with my mom friends all the time, just how we can go from despair and, oh my God, I'm so unsupported, life is the hardest thing ever, and then we get like three consecutive hours of sleep and we're like, everything's amazing, <laughs> life is so beautiful like oh did you see the sky today oh my god my kids are so easy everything's so great (laughs) we just need need a little crumb of something good and then life just feels wonderful and easy again i uh yeah i'm sitting here drinking my my bone broth i i I'm drinking bone broth every day and I've been getting questions about it and I I know it's like a trendy kind of thing or it's been over the past few years I feel to to drink bone broth and I've been on and off getting into making my own broth and then drinking it and then not and for some reason now just since the sleep thing started happening I started having this major craving for broth and i feel like that's it's part of some sort of intelligence within my body my body's telling me what i need and i try to really listen to that yes at 10 p.m. when my baby's been crying and i feel just so exhausted my body's also telling me i need like half a pint of ben and jerry's <laughs> and i've been also kind of listening to that so you know you know it's like remember what what we talked about about a, having a grace period and when you're going through it, just, you know, do what you got to do to survive. I uh, am definitely not in a face of depleting myself or restricting myself in any way, almost to the point of like a fault. I feel someone told me the other day, actually two people in one day, which of course I took as like a sign from the universe, because that's how I roll. Two separate people on Instagram DM'd me about their babies having a milk protein allergy, and they'd seen on my Instagram that bear has like he has kind of flushed cheeks, which I really think is from the cold. Um, The weather is warm now, like as you know, he sleeps outside like he's just like a polar bear. He sleeps outside all day and it's warmer now and the red on his cheeks is gone. So I, I don't think it's a milk protein thing. But two separate people DM would me on the same day saying that their babies had like similarly like flushed kind of reddish cheeks also slept horribly and then they had cut out dairy from their own diet like completely and already within a week they saw a huge difference and turns out that there was a, a milk protein allergy and even in my my like terrible <laughs> place of just desperation I mean I would do anything for sleep there a part of me was like ah, oh, restricting my diet again no I can't <laughs> And Dennis was laughing at me. He says, "Literally, you've 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 told me multiple times you would pay every dollar you own. You would you would do anything. You would like if you had a million dollars in the bank, you would pay a million dollars for a whole night's sleep. Like you've literally said that, but you won't cut out butter for a week." <laughs> I'm like, no, it, it feels it I, it feels it feels feels like it's that's that's too much. I mean, that's really pushing it. Come on. Cutting out dairy for a whole week after having been vegan for like 10 to 15 years. <laughs> this is this is my karma. This is the karma I get for not being vegan, for abandoning veganism. Now I have to give up dairy after I just reignited my love affair, especially with raw milk, grass-fed butter. I mean, I put grass-fed butter on everything. I would I would like rub my kids' bodies with It <laughs> feels so... I mean I am using tallow which is like an animal fat from from beef. So when you make bone broth, you get this thick layer of the fat that rises to the top and that's tallow. Which is something brand new for me. I had never had any experience with tallow obviously as a vegan. But there is no better thing for your skin. Um so I put that on Bear's face like before we if he's going to sleep outside in the cold and it just keeps his his face from getting dry Um, when I put tallow his cheeks don't get as red and it's really working and it's this traditional thing like an old uh, you know grandmother thing that you would put beef tallow on your skin like it's really good for your skin and then I googled it and turns out there's a bunch of skincare I mean they're they're pretty like you know underground still I think I don't think there's like a mainstream brand that does this but there is skincare out there where they use tallow for um, supposedly really good for dry skin and anti-aging and all those things so I've been using that and tallow is dairy free. So if you, for whatever reason, can't have your grass fed butter, like that's what I would cook in. It. it can, you can handle really high temperatures and, and everything like that too. But no, I am so into butter. I literally would put it, <laughs> I would slather it on my skin. I'm not kidding. And just the idea of restricting my diet, I, I, I can't take it. The idea of it, I can't take it. So luckily, I mean, I don't think that's the actual main issue since his cheeks are, his cheeks are better now as soon as it got a little warmer outside. I don't think that's why. And we've had two better nights. So let's see. I feel like I have to knock on some wood here. Yeah. Okay. Knocked, knocked on my little side table. <laughs> but um, yeah, the bone broth, it's something that's just been, it's been coming as this very, very intense craving that I need a cup of it every day. And when I was dealing with a mold detox and mold illness and talking to Will Cole, Dr. Will, who's my was who's my functional medicine doctor who guided me through that for a long time, like two years of, 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 you know, detoxing and dealing with health stuff. That was the first thing that he prescribed me at the time when I was really ill is start there, start with bone broth. And I was still vegan then. I was, you know, thinking about how could I transition away? Should I do that? Is that right or wrong? You know, I was going through that whole mental thing, which was really challenging. But he, he, he suggested just start with bone broth. And when I eventually transitioned away from veganism, bone broth is how I started. But then I stopped kind of drinking it as much. I don't know. I, I fell out of making it to, to really make your own broth. Let's talk about bone broth. I mean, I mean we're, oh, we already are, but this is really, this excites me. To really make your own, you have to be in the flow of it, where essentially you're making broth all the time. And then it becomes this kind of second nature of just that's how you cook whenever you're cooking anything that includes bones, which we do every, every week in different ways. The idea to discard them and to like just throw them in the compost or throw them away that feels like huge loss. Like, whoa, why would I do that when I have this like amazing powerhouse of nutrients sitting here that is so good for me, for my baby, for my daughter, for my husband. Like it's just so nutritious. Bone broth. I mean, it's really high in protein. It's a really delicious. I, I drink it as a snack. So they say you're supposed to drink bone broth on an empty stomach so that your stomach is... Is ready to receive all the goodness of the bone broth. It has tons of collagen, so collagen extract from the bones. And collagen is really helpful if you suffer from if you struggle with like leaky gut, which a lot of people do. I do or did. I don't know if I still have. I haven't seen a doctor in a long time, but when I did all the tests, I found out that I had leaky gut. You get leaky gut from essentially stress. I mean, there's a, a lot of different reasons, but essentially stress or having a poor diet or eating tons of seed oils or there's uh, lots of different reasons why people develop leaky gut. But I think for me, it was a combination of the mold and just the mass amount of seed oils that I was consuming from all the, all the fake meats and fake cheese and, and fake butter and stuff that we ate for so long. Thinking, of course, that that was the healthiest thing ever. So in the bone broth, there's something, there's an amino acid in bone broth called glycine. And glycine is a building block of collagen. And it's a building block of glutathione, which is the master antioxidant, which is this thing that just this everybody needs more of. Like I take glutathione every every day. But so when you drink bone broth on an empty stomach, it can help to tighten the junctions of the colon. If you have that leaky gut, which so many people—I like didn't know how prevalent that was—and there, there's studies now that show that leaky gut can be a root cause or a source of so many major illnesses. Where essentially, instead of you know your colon is supposed to transport away all the waste, but if your colon isn't tight and sealed, like if the lining of the of the colon isn't sealed those toxins start to leak out into the bloodstream and wreak havoc in different ways in the body. I also had SIBO as a result of the mold. So SIBO is like an overgrowth of yeast and fungus in the colon. And it's really common if you've lived with mold. Mold is fungus. Like it's the same. If if you're breathing in mold, chances are you have mold inside and where it goes, it goes into the gut. Um, And these things all connect. But anyway, so that was kind of my like beginning journey of, of bone broth. And now I just, I drink a cup every day and I drink it in between meals just on that empty stomach. And I feel, I don't know, I can't, I don't know how to explain it. I feel so good. It literally feels like my most nourishing moment of the day. It's also, if I have a really kind of crappy day of food, say I have that like Ben and Jerry's day, All bets are off. I want to eat chocolate for breakfast. Everything is hard. I'm like crying in the bathtub. (laughs) Man, this season is so intense. I'm not having that many of those days anymore. But yeah, I've had that where like, okay, I have no just motivation to really nourish myself well. And the idea to like, oh, I basically cook from scratch every day for the family. Like that's kind of sad, but that's, yeah, I would never resort to, to shit for Leia. That's really sad, but that's true. I would resort to eating shit like for myself. Like I would I would accept from my diet to take a really crappy turn when I'm stressed, when I don't have time, when I'm depleted, when I'm not sleeping. But the idea to do that to Leia, like that would never. I I I I just wouldn't. So, being a mother is is also keeping my diet. <laughs> solid which is just this ultimate mom sacrifice thing that we do that I don't want to be that person I want to be the I want to be the person that puts the oxygen mask on first you know before you help others and for it to be the second nature to nourish myself first but when I'm in that difficult place dark place yeah it's just this I can't stand the idea of Of Leia not being nourished. So it's thanks to her that we cook so much and that we have, you know, we, we eat really well as a family. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. But anyway, even if I've had a crappy day of eating, um, when I have that cup of bone broth every day, I just feel like it's like, I got what I needed today, even if I'm depleted in other ways. And uh, yeah, I want to share how I make it in case you feel inspired. Um, So it's first of all, if you ever make, say you make every single week, we make a whole oven baked chicken at some point in the week. Um, That just happens all the time. Obviously, you want to source your chicken or your beef or your marrow bones or whatever you're using to make um, to make the broth. You want to source it as mindfully as you possibly can. You know, so best case scenario in the whole world, these are your own animals on your own farm outside your front door. Okay, second base case, second base best case scenario is you have a local farm somewhere close to you where there's a farmer or a homesteader, or a person who takes really good care of their animals, and you can source bones or um, your meat from them. Third best scenario is you have a store you go, or there's a delivery service, or a subscription service. There's lots of that now, where you can get like a subscription box of really good grass-fed beef and, and things like that. It might be shipped from further away, but at least you know that it's coming from a good place, and that those animals are treated well all throughout their lives, that they are pastured animals that are outside grazing not stuck in a factory farm getting fed grains you know or corn or soy no but yeah you want to source what you eat from a good place and anyway so we make that whole oven baked chicken once a week and then like this is such such a habit now that Dennis does it because usually he's the one who cleans up after dinner like I cook he cleans and the cleanup usually happens when it's time to start putting Finn to bed um, so all you do is that whole pan that has like the leftover chicken carcass. And usually there's there's garlic, there's spices. I mean, we've, we've used seasoning and different things for that chicken already. Sometimes there's like a whole, I put onion just around the chicken or carrot or vegetables or whatever. Just put the whole thing, whatever is left in that pan, including the butter and the juices and the fat, everything that's left dump that into a stock pot or into a slow cooker. For me, the slow cooker here is magic. Obviously, just a big pot on the stove is like totally fine. You can do that. Absolutely. But for me, the slow cooker, the magic of the slow cooker is you can forget about it. And that's what makes making broth for us second nature. He just dumps whatever is in that pan in the slow cooker, covers it with water, and then a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar helps to pull the minerals out of the bones. So it extracts more nutrients into the broth. And normally we put salt, like normally I would put whole peppercorns or bay leaf or maybe extra garlic. Like I would season it more. But now one of the people in the family who drinks the most bone broth is actually bear. And I don't wanna have a really salty, you know, overspiced, oversalted thing for him. So we don't add any salt. all just water over the carcass over water over the bones and whatever's you know left in the pan which also flavors a bit and then tiny bit of apple cider vinegar and then put that on low and usually we do 12 hours and I have the intention to the next morning you just strain out the bones and what's left is this golden shimmering incredibly delicious looking broth and I always have the intention to, okay, I'm going to strain and bottle it or put it in big glass jars. I do that in the morning. But what happens is I don't do it in the morning. <laughs> Life happens. Something, you know, we have to get out to school and then Bear needs to nap. And then, oh, I have, I've I've got to record the podcast or something comes up. And if you have that pot on the stove, you really need to tend to the broth. You can't leave the broth sitting on the counter overnight. Uh, you shouldn't. I mean, you know, it's 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 meat. You shouldn't. But with a slow cooker, it just keeps it warm. It keeps cooking and it only gets better and better with time. So we've literally done 48 hour broth where for two days we like didn't have the time or couldn't get to straining the broth. And you just leave it there. Like the slow cooker is magic. And if you're using a, a pot on the stove, you got to watch it. You're to make sure it doesn't burn. You can't just go to bed obviously with the stove on. So then you have to just, you have to just strain it and c- cool it really quickly. You can just dump it in like cold water in the sink you know, plug the sink and fill it halfway with cold water and let the pot sit there for a little bit and then strain and bottle and into the fridge. And it doesn't last super long. That's the thing about broth. So, if you are like us, you go through a lot, like we all drink it uh, and then we use it to cook instead of buying broth or buying stock. Just whenever you're ma- whatever you're making that week, whatever stew, whatever soup, you're making, you know, bolognese, you're making a chili, whatever you're cooking. You just add that broth into what you're cooking instead of buying bouillon cubes or how do you know? However, we flavor flavor um, food normally, so you go through it really fast as well. But if you're not going to finish it within like three or four days, we freeze it. You just put it in the freezer, and then you know it stays good for forever or for a really long time anyway. And that's just how we do it. Okay, that's chicken. And then if I would use marrow bones like beef bones, which I feel is like the chicken bone broth is so easy to to eat. It's so easy to drink um, because we make it that way where it's not so flavorful. So Bear can have it. I I literally made, okay, this morning I made, (laughs) I made a version of formula and I want to call it formula because it's not like I would give him exactly this every day for, you know, forever. But I wanted to give him something in a bottle just to test um, to see if I can fill him up a little bit more before bed with something that isn't grains. Um, so I was trying to like think of just what's like a pro metabolic kind of paleo way that I can fill him up something in a bottle that we can heat that isn't oats or wheat or corn or, you know, all, everything that's in the grocery store. Like I would never feed that to bear in a million years. And what I did this morning is I took chicken bone broth, like the really good kind and some coconut milk, like full fat coconut milk, and then an egg yolk. And I cooked that on low heat, like while whisking for a really long time, I added a little bit of cinnamon. And then I put that in the blender with a little bit of banana, just tiny bit of banana and some water. Uh, The banana sweetened it just a tiny bit. And then I put that in a bottle. And dude, he chugged it. He was so stoked. (laughs) He Chugged it, and then took the longest nap. (laughs) So I'm going to see if Yeah, maybe that can become like we can do that a couple times a week instead of because everyone here in Sweden, it's like you give your baby oatmeal before bed, everybody feeds their babies oats. And it's this like, you know, you put oatmeal in a blender, like a powdered oatmeal, and it's usually flavored with something. There's always, always rapeseed oil, always. There's rapeseed oil in everything. Every baby food, every kid's food, there's rapeseed oil, And rapeseed oil is just really inflammatory. It's not something I want to give Bear. It's not something that naturally should be in his diet. He's going to get it anyway. I try to keep Leia from it too. But like, you know, it's like she, her favorite sauce whenever we eat, whenever we eat that oven baked chicken, for example, she wants aioli with that. And I don't have time to make my own aioli from scratch. Like that's not where I am. So we get her this store bought aioli and it's full of rapeseed oil oil. If she has like chips or popcorn, like on a Saturday or whatever, it's full of rapeseed. Like it's like, they're, they're, she's going to eat it in certain ways anyway. So I might as well restrict it as much as I can, you know, without without going too, too overboard. But yeah, I don't want to get in the habit of feeding bear that every single, like just a processed, you know, store-bought food every single night just to fee- fill him up. I want to find like a good, healthier version from home. But so, yeah, so the chicken bone broth just has very, it's so lightly flavored, you know, you can really mix it into anything. The way we make it, if it's not flavored, if you don't have garlic and you don't have a bunch of stuff in there, you just cook the bones with water. That's it. Just bones with water, tiny bit of apple cider vinegar. You're going to have this very neutral flavored broth that you can literally make hot chocolate with. That's how I make the bone broth hot chocolate. So you add like everything you would for regular hot chocolate, like, but I add a lot of cacao just to really bring that bitter, full chocolate flavor in, sweeten it with whatever you want, add milk, add vanilla, add a little sea salt, like add, you know, add all the good stuff. And it's so delicious. Like, it's so delicious. For Christmas, I made like chicken bone broth with heavy cream and and, like really good ceremonial cacao. I think we put some cinnamon in there too. I think I melted some like really good quality chocolate in as well. I don't know. I made this like very decadent, like Christmas hot chocolate. It was so good. Um, Yeah. So chicken bone broth, you can make it very neutral. And I think that's how Bear is just chugging it. Like he loves it so much. Um, And when I drink it, I take that very neutral flavored broth and then I add my spices as I heat it for myself. So I usually just press a clove of garlic And then I add whatever greens and spices that we have just available. Like today, I have thyme and a bunch of garlic in because I have that little sore throat. Or fresh ginger or, you know, chili flakes. Like you add whatever you want, just flavor it afterwards. I think it's such a good way to make sure the whole family can enjoy. Man, am I a spokesperson for bone broth? Is the bone broth industry going to pay me for this episode? (laughs) Oh, Seriously, I'm just a fan. And... um. When it comes to the beef bone broth, like you use the marrow bones, that's just a more intense flavor. So it makes a really dark, like the chicken bone broth is golden and light and just yeah, easy to drink. And the from beef, it becomes almost black, like very dark brown, and it flavors soup better. I think it's more delicious to use for cooking. But like Leia, I don't think Leia would drink it as easy. You can't sneak it into stuff. Like you, it's, it would be very hard to make chocolate like hot chocolate out of that bone broth but when we use marrow bones like there's a farm around the corner here where we buy marrow bones um I just put them in the oven and I roast them on kind of high heat to bring out the flavor and then you know you have all the bone marrow which is also something I'm feeding bear which he loves it's a really really nutritious food it's a really great first food for babies (laughs) things could not be more different (laughs) if I think about how Leia, like Leia's first experience with food and Bear's first experience with food, it is night and day. Seriously, Leia's first food. First of all, I feel like we fed her so early. Everyone here said, you know, start, the earlier you start, the more you adjust them to flavors, the higher the chances are that they're going to like different kinds of foods. And Somewhere, someone said if you start early, chances of them developing an allergy is lower, which I don't think is true. I don't know. I don't know where I heard that. But she was only four months. We gave her like steamed carrot. She hated it. <laughs> we gave her all these steamed kinds of fruits and steamed kinds of vegetables. Um, from already from four months. And I'm thinking back now, like it never occurred to me that feeding her so early and feeding her so much might have been a reason as to why she stopped breastfeeding really early. And of course, night weaning her, which we did at six months, had a huge impact in, in the fact that we stopped breastfeeding. And, you know, she stopped nursing, I think already from seven months, it started getting challenging. Eight months was a struggle. And at nine months, she nursed for the last time. And a lot of people were like, "But that's so great! That's a really long journey." And I was the kind of person where I would have, I would have loved to, to breastfeed her for years. I would have loved to nurse her for years, and I wasn't ready for it to stop. I, I really felt like it was just taken from me. I was away from her a lot. I was busy. You know, there's a lot of different factors, but I mourned that for years afterwards. When I thought about that time, I, I got this, like, you know like the back of my throat this i had to swallow down tears i was so heartbroken i felt like a failure i really felt like i had failed it's just not what i wanted and it didn't occur to me until pretty recently that probably night weaning her was also a big factor there but night weaning her is what probably what made her sleep all night long and that also i think probably saved us then because it was a very intense difficult time and when she wasn't sleeping it was it was worse than bear not sleeping. Can you imagine? <laughs> every mother out there is like, yes, I can. not <laughs> But yeah, it feels so intense now when it's hard. And it's so much easier now than it was with Leia. The thing is with Leia, we would have these kinds of nights where she wouldn't sleep and she would wake up every 20, 30 minutes, her pacifier would fall out and she would wake up all night long. But she would wake up crying, you know, very sad. And then we'd had such a struggle to get her to fall back asleep. And it was so challenging. And then she would just sleep 20, 30 minutes, and then she'd wake back up again. And we would do that night after night after night. But every morning, I had to wake up and be somebody. (laughs) I mean, I know I'm still somebody. I know. know. I'm, I'm, I'm a person. Hello. But I had to wake up and I had to be on. I had to wake up and like go be on TV and do an interview or i had to wake up and go have a really important business meeting or i had to wake up and do a photo shoot or wake up and go teach a class or wake up and i had to do stuff all the time because i was living this life where i was capital B busy and capital I important like i really felt like this is my mission i'm doing all these things and i'm a mom at the same time but i'm i'm first of all i'm i'm this person here doing this important stuff And trying to just bring Leia, like fold her into that life sort of, where actually what I think I deep down what I wanted to do is do what I'm doing now, which I just didn't see any possibility of even suggesting to anyone, even though, you know, it was my business. I ran the show. I made those decisions. I just never felt like there was was an option to just stop, slow down, say no, take time off. Like, no, I had all these commitments and I had to be a good girl and follow through, you know and that kind of sleep deprivation was much harder than this one cuz this one we have a really bad night and yeah i'm just i'm just at the farm right i'm just at the farm i can wear my pj's all day i don't have to put on makeup for anything i don't even have to run a hairbrush through my hair there is literally no one i have to perform for or produce for or succeed for i can just be a mom and be home. And for me, literally the worst case scenario that could possibly happen in this time of sleep deprivation is, okay, aside from me, aside from me getting like a sleep psychosis, which is a real thing. Okay, very scary, real thing. We don't want to go there. Okay somnia can lead to full on psychosis where you just like you lose your marbles like you stop you can't function eventually we, we don't want that obviously there's lots of worst case scenarios um, worst case scenario would be developing depression I mean all these things can happen if you don't take care of your sleep your mental health it's so important but when I think about my day-to-day and like not managing what I have to do the worst thing that could happen is that I have a week where I am so tired that I can't record the podcast <laughs> And you know what? If that would ever happen, not that it ever will, but if that would ever happen, you guys would understand. Like you, you would forgive me. You would give me grace. You would, you would, you would understand. It would not be the end of the world. It would not be something irreversible that I can't fix later. It's not the same as, oh, I had an event here with hundreds of people and I'm not going to show up and just leave them hanging. Like, no, that's because that's what it was with Leia. It was like, disappointing people in a very bad way now I feel like no there's nothing that could happen there's no one I can disappoint aside from my pod people my pod village and having that realization that 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 would be okay that there's no one on the other end listening expecting me to be a certain version of something or yeah I don't have to perform here And having that realization has been just very beautiful that, hey, I'm actually in a place where I have so much grace. I have this beautiful community around the podcast of people who are genuinely here by my side, walking this similar path in so many different ways, tuning in every week, resonating, like holding my hand from afar. And last week, okay, pivot from like bone broth and sleep and everything. Last week, I did a call out. For the village. I mean, really? Like I did like a proper call out. I was really sitting here asking, like, where is my village? How do we make it happen? And I've I've had that thought all the time, every week, every day, every month. Where is my village? Where is my village? How do I make this happen? Where is my village? And then after last week's podcast, when I put a call out for okay, who wants to make this happen with me? Who wants to run this? Who wants to project manage this? Like, let's do it. Here's what I can provide. Here's what I need you guys, you just pulled through. (laughs) I got, and I'm still, I have them all sorted in a folder so I can take my time to really read every single one. You sent me so many emails. So many of you, okay, I'm going to cry now. I feel really moved. So many of you wrote like, hey, I got this. Hey, I can help with this. Hey, how about this? What do you think about this idea? You came with suggestions. You came with like real action. Like, let's try this path. You came with really good ideas. You came with offerings. You came with questions. You came with like, you rallied. And I was lying in bed. This was like a couple of days ago. Yeah, a hard night. Dennis took bear in the morning. And I was just lying in bed and I pick up my phone and I go in my emails and I just see these emails come in and I chose one at random and I start reading it and I chose another one. I start reading it and I had this big light bulb moment of, I'm walking around asking the question, where is my village? But my village is right here. (laughs) Okay, I'm crying now. Seriously, my village is right here. I don't have to put the question out, where is it? like, I know you're right here. You're here. You're listening to these words right now. You are already here. We have a village already. We have a village. Yes, we don't have that, you know, walk around the corner and like knock on your door and, hey, let's have a cup of tea and talk or, no, we don't have that in-person village yet. But we have a village. Like, I have this community. I have this sense of, of support and friendship and, yeah, that hand at my back, you know, guiding me. And I think you feel the same where you wouldn't be here tuning in every single week. Like the village is here. The village is out there. And while we try to figure out how to build that in real life, you know, sit in circle, look each other in the eye, hug each other village, we have to really hold on to this one. Like we have to really, really hold on and not take it for granted and find ways to connect between each other from afar in ways that continue to feel really meaningful. That, like I had that, that light bulb of like, yeah, like, why am I asking this question? (laughs) I know. And that has led me to decide that uh, we are going to journey together (laughs) I don't know if you have plans or anything. It's not like, can I, can I, can I make plans for you? Is that is that okay? Can I just decide that we're going to journey together? Um, I want to do something. I want to, I want to be live again. I want to teach some classes again. I want to sit in circle. I want our village to sit in circle from afar. Like I'm going to do an online journey now just from the longing of, 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 of being there again, you know, of finding ways for us to connect in different ways again. So I had a thought, maybe we should do like a little yoga challenge. Like how would that feel if we did yoga every day for 21 days, just to kind of step back into the practice for anyone that has fallen out of it, journal every day together, have those live components again, to just practice in the same breath at the same time across the world. Like that was an idea. And then I thought maybe we should do a weekend retreat. Could we do a weekend retreat where it's all live and we meet twice a day live? I mean, this sounds also so much fun. I like the idea of like a 21-day something just to, to bring us back. I was thinking maybe we could do something leading into spring equinox, like kind of getting us ready for spring, awakening our bodies and our hearts for kind of coming out of the slumber of the hard winter, <laughs> the hard the hard cave of no sleep that I've been in myself. Like, I think that would be really fun. But then I thought, what about, like, we do a weekend retreat? Maybe we meet on Friday night and we have an opening circle. We set our intentions together. And then we do Saturday morning a practice and Saturday evening a practice and Sunday morning, Sunday evening. And we do a whole weekend experience together, but from afar. Because it's something that we can literally make happen so easy. And it, you know, we don't have to fly anywhere. And like, and I want to do that too. Like I, I'm I'm deep in making real villagery. Is villagery a word <laughs> a word? Like I'm deep in that process of how do we make that happen? And I'm gonna answer all of your emails. Just give me a, a minute. But especially with everyone who wrote tangible suggestions of here's how we move forward for in real life, village, let's make it happen. But while we work toward that, because that's not a small thing to make happen, we have to keep finding ways to show up together um, here in this space, right? So uh, I'm going to let you know when and how we do it. It's going to be soon, within the next couple of weeks, for sure. Um, It'll happen on yogagirl.com. I haven't done a live on yogagirl.com since I was pregnant. It's been so long. I feel really excited just to step back into creating. And most of all, not just creating for creating's sake. I feel really excited to step back into connection. Yeah, that's what I'm craving. So if you haven't already joined us over at yogagirl.com, please do. Um, I'll let you know here and also, you know, Instagram and all the things. um, What we do. And how we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. And in the meanwhile, I think we should make some bone broth. I think we should eat some ice cream. I think we should just be really easy and gentle on ourselves. I don't know if you are navigating a hard season. And that's why you're resonating with me sharing about my hard season. But it's a really important reminder that if we are, if you are, that it's seasonal. Yeah, the hard days are seasonal um, the, the, the pit of despair place. Like it's not a forever place. We don't, we don't get stuck there and spend the rest of our lives there. It's, it's seasonal. It comes and goes. And soon the season will shift. Like soon my baby will sleep. I know. I just know. I don't know what soon means, but (laughs) soon my baby will sleep. And we'll talk about this in a whole different kind of energy. Um, Soon that difficult thing that you're navigating is going to ease up and shift and change because everything changes all the time. And we just have to find that way to continue to give ourselves grace and to lean toward ease as we are navigating that difficult season. And then all of a sudden, before we know it, hey, the sun comes out, spring is going to be here, you know, new things are going to come into our lives. And We're going to be smiling and laughing and then having that season to enjoy. And it's just life. So if you've ever doubted it, you're doing a fucking fantastic job. and I'm really proud of you and I'm really proud of us. I really am. We're doing a good job. So let's keep going. Thank you for being here. I love and adore you. Have a beautiful weekend and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.